Welcome back to Season 2 of Talking Points. This season, we're back with another 10 beautiful conversations with some of the world's most extraordinary dancers, choreographers and artistic directors. I'm your host, Claudia Lawson. Today I'm speaking with Bo Dean Riley-Smith. Bo was born on Wiradjuri country in Dubbo, Western New South Wales. But as a little kid, the family moved to Culburra on the New South Wales south coast where Bo spent his childhood surrounded by siblings, love and chaos while growing up at the beach. Bo didn't learn to dance as a kid. Instead, he studied a bit of drama in his early high school years before on graduation being accepted into the performance program at WAPA, the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts based in Perth. It was a transformative year and Bo's world exploded and it led to him auditioning for drama programs across the country, including for NIDA. But Bo didn't get in. And so in a surprise move and with no dance experience, Bo auditioned for NASDA and was accepted. In this extraordinary conversation, Bo reveals his journey to joining Bangara, his struggles with body image and weight, and his difficulties in accepting the Helpman Award for Best Male Dancer, which coincided with the death of his sister. We also talk about the gravity of performing on country, the pride and pressure that comes with that, and in an unexpected announcement, Bo reveals that after nearly a decade with Bangara, he plans to retire from the company and he reveals who he's signed with next. We're just quickly interrupting this episode to let you know that we're delighted that Bo Dean Riley-Smith's episode of Talking Points is sponsored by Energetics. Energetics are a sustainable Australian-made brand that specialise in creating world-class dancewear for the stars of tomorrow. Perform and feel your best at every stage of your dance journey in Energetics' premium, high-performance fabrics. You can see their entire range online at energetics.com.au and for all Talking Points listeners, there's a 20% discount on all Energetics products using the code BOW20 at the checkout. And the offer is available until the end of March 2023. For our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners, this episode of Talking Points contains the names of people who have passed. Look, I start most of my interviews by like clawing way back to the beginning to where people grew up because I just often think that just really like informs people's journeys. And I, I know you're a Dubbo boy, Radjuri country. Can you tell us about your early life and your family? Yeah, um, I was I was born born in Dubbo and then my mum met a guy mm-hmm. and then moved moved to Colborough Beach, which is a beautiful coastal town. Mm. It's tiny. It's tiny. Yeah. It's very tiny. And so there's Nara and then you have all these different towns surrounding it. Beautiful yeah, I just area thought it was the, the most beautiful country. Um, mm. So I also feel like I'm, um, I don't know, like UN at heart as well because I spent so much of my childhood on that country. Yeah, okay. Um, the geography of it is like a tiny little, almost like a little surf town, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, it's a surf town. I want to ride. Right. So it was like, was it a lifestyle growing up around the beach? I remember yeah, okay. I'll wake up and just spend all day at the beach. And if we're hungry, we'll just go to somebody's house, wow. one of the parents' house, and they would feed us. And So poor. We didn't have much, but we had love. Mm. My family had love. Oh, you know, I'm one of nine kids. Are you? Um yeah, so it was just a madhouse. Okay. Um, Where do you sit in the nine? I'm the second oldest. It's, it's My family's very complicated. Like my mum's had seven kids, four different fathers, and then my father has also had two. Okay. 
but three different mothers. Um, so okay, so it was like a it a, was mad a big full house. Of it chaos. was it was a full house. Well, the many houses houses. It was almost also a shelter for other families. We always had other families coming in and living. I'd always have to give up my room for for one of my mum's friends and their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so the house was always full and very vibrant. It was a really, really fun childhood. It was never boring. Yeah. Like I remember my sister, she used to like to dress us up. She used to dress <laughs> me up in a, in a dress. Then I'd parade around and all my stepfather's friends would like, they used to call me, one of them used to call me Kimberly as a kid. And so I, yeah, because my favourite Power Ranger was the Pink Ranger. (laughs) (laughs) And so is this when, like, dance comes into the picture? No No. way. Okay. (laughs) So no, you're Kimberly the Pink Power Ranger, but you are not dancing. Not dancing. It was just I liked the Pink Ranger. I I loved Kimberly. (laughs) (laughs) And so did you learn to dance growing up? I, surprisingly, as a kid... I do have memories of choreographing my own stuff mm-hmm. to like So Fresh Hits of 2001 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, with my sister. Like I would make up dances and she would want to sing and I knew I was creative, mm-hmm. but that was just fun. Like that's what we all did. Yeah. Listening to, you know, watching TV hits and then making up, you know, dances to that. Like I just thought everyone, you know, everyone did that. Like we had our own band of that. all these kids. It was fun. It was quite creative. Are you starting as you're growing up to think that you'd go into acting or think you'd go into dance? Where does that come from? So (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know where it comes from. I I know where it comes from. Um, I considered myself very social in high school in Mm -hmm. like year 11 and 12. I think I loved the idea of socialising more than actually working (laughs) hard. Okay. So you are like... A confident guy, creative, and you're social. Yeah. Like I was a bit of a misfit, but then around year nine I got my head screwed on and then mm-hmm. I started going going to school and I just... What happened at year nine to make the head screw on? I just got into some trouble. Okay. I was very naughty. Like I would get suspended a lot, like year seven, year eight, year nine, for just stupid stuff. But then, I don't know, I feel like school became a safe haven from home and the stuff that I was dealing with there. And so that, therefore I started to in, yearn to want to go to school. And so maybe maybe thinking about it now, that's maybe why I loved it so much, my later high school years. That escapism. Um, yeah. Obviously after school you head over to WAPA. Yeah, so in year 11 and year 12, so yeah. going back to that story of yeah. why. So I was failing. I was doing biology. I mean, I'm laughing, but that's because you're smiling. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, so I wanted to, my goal is that I wanted to be a zoologist and I had this infatuation with animals and with cheetahs. And I'm like, yeah, I want to just, I want to go to Nambia and work on a cheetah reserve. This is just me and my dreams. Like I was obsessed with with the cheetah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought that's what I wanted to do. I remember picking biology and chemistry and then I had to go to the principal's office and say, Bo, we've got to be realistic here. You can't do both these subjects. <laughs> <laughs> you will fail. What two subjects were they? <laughs> Chemistry and biology. Oh, yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll do biology. I sucked at it. <laughs> I really tried. 
But um, yeah, I was just not not coping mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> Though the only subject I was really good at was geology. Okay. I don't know why I think I took an interest in that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I was, I'm failing, but it was my year eight teacher at Narromine High School, mm-hmm. which is about 40 k's outside of Dubbo. Yeah. And so Western New South Wales. Western New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very encouraging in theatre when we did, we did okay. know, theatre at school. And I don't know why, but somehow that thought or that memory of that conversation yeah. told me maybe I should be in the arts. So you hadn't had any training? Any school. training. And then so I went to my um, careers teacher mm-hmm. and I was like, this is what I'm thinking. I don't think being a zoologist is realistic. Yeah, I'm not going to get the grades for that to even go to uni. Mm-hmm. And then... Did some brainstorming and this is, I guess, the cert for in theatre at Wapa. Okay. And so, for those not familiar with that, that's the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts yes. based in Perth, in Australia. Yes. Long way from Western New South Wales. A long way. But uh, at this time, I'm at Narrow High School, mm-hmm. which, yeah. Um, bit closer to the coast, bit, but bit, still. Bit closer. Long way from Perth. Yeah, it, it was. So, I just sent Rick Brayford an email who is, I guess, the, the director of the course coordinator mm-hmm. um, for the Ab Theatre course there and had a chat. He said, yes, come, great, wow. let's do it. And I was like, okay, I'm off to WA. I mean, um, it's a huge jump. So you've done no dance training no at this acting, point. Nothing, no acting. You've no. had some drama through school. I mean. Like that year seven, eight, you know, when like it you've, it's compulsory. Mm-hmm. And they're messy years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, are you looking for a way out at this point? Are you needing that break at 18, 17, 18 to, to start your own To thing? be honest, I don't know what I was searching for or looking for. Mm-hmm. You were so used for to me, moving around. I was so used to moving around that it's just like going to the next suburb over. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're like next house, Perth. Yeah, Perth. Great. Okay. Um, but I remember uh, my sister had to pay. Thank you, Naomi. She oh, for paid, the flight. She paid for Not cheap to fly no, to not, from not Sydney cheap. to Perth. I remember coming off the airport and I was like, oh, all right, how do I get to Edith Cohen University, Wapa? Okay. And then I just saw this guy holding up a sign and I was like, hey, I think I'm going to that school. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, do you need a lift? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> And so what happens then? You start at WAPA, you're in the acting sort of stream of WAPA because they have dance and all sorts of performing arts. So I get to WAPA and my eyes just lit up. Wow. Like I thought I was like in fame. Did you? I really did. I was like, this is sick. This is so (laughs) cool. It's so funny you say that. We were just speaking earlier about how um, Raphael Bonicello is on the series. That is exactly the same description he had when he left his tiny town that he grew up up in and went to Barcelona. And he said, I felt like I was in fame. Really? Mm, Exactly the (laughs) same description. But that's what, like, I was, like, in musical theatre. I loved musical theatre. I was obsessed with, like, Moulin Rouge and I was just like, oh, my God, I'm surrounded by all these, like, amazing, talented, young adults who are obsessed over their craft. It was just the best place for me to kind of get that spark Mm -hmm. and that feeling of the arts. 
yeah. in all these different fields. And it was just the most, yeah, it was the most incredible experience, just wow. that one year. And actually, they used to all guess, like, oh, what does this person look like? And they were like, Bo, Bo, Bodine Smith. <laughs> At the time, there was no Riley. And they were like, oh, he's going to be this six-foot tall, blonde surfer. <laughs> and now King comes to me, this chubby little Aboriginal guy from... Um, from everywhere. Um, <laughs> and I was like, and this guy, Samuel Max, said, I've never met anybody like him. An uh, incredible dancer. And he just struts up and he's like this Amazon man. Just struts up and goes, hi, I'm Samuel. And I was like, whoa. I've never been introduced to people that are so comfortable with themselves. Okay. Um, to be surrounded by that for a year, it was just, um, it was fun. It was It was fun. fun. And so at this point, are you still thinking acting or you're just thinking, I'm here enjoying it? I was enjoying it. I'm like, yeah, I want to be an actor. I was like, that's it. All right, I'm going to audition for, I'm going to audition for WAPA for the the bigger course Mm -hmm. and NIDA and I'm going to get in and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Auditioned for both. So this is the WAPA acting course. WAPA acting course and and NIDA. I made the the call, the final callbacks for, for NIDA, but they went with Shaka. But he's doing amazing now. <laughs> <laughs> and so am possibly I. I can't the, complain. Yeah, possibly, um, you know, the greatest second place. <laughs> yeah. So um, I also auditioned for Nasda. And Rick was like, you need a backup just okay. in case you don't get what you want. And So Nasda is based in Sydney. It's based in Gosford. It used to be based in oh, okay. the National Aboriginal Art yeah. and Skills I Development Association. No, no, it's, <gasps> it's up in Gosford. Okay. I uh, carry on. And so I had to go there for a So hang a on, week. you don't get into WAPA, you don't get into NIDA. But I also had to go and audition for NASDA. So they, during my year at WAPA, NASDA flew me over to NASDA to audition and it was like a week process. But have you had any training in cultural dance? You've 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 never no, taken a ballet class. No. You've never taken. But I just loved it, like because I was friends with all the dancers, and I used mm-hmm. to go to see their shows. And uh, you were immersed in that world. I was immersed in that world, and I was friends with them. Because it's and, interesting that you didn't have training in dance, because almost exclusively, except for actually when I spoke with Daniel Riley last year, almost all the men who've come on this series have been bullied fairly terribly growing up, training in dance. So did you have any of that? No, because I was an adult. Yeah. I was an adult before I yeah. started. And um, then at Whopper, that's everyone's world there. Yeah, it really was. Um, yeah, no, I didn't I didn't really get Isn't that get incredible? At all for it. Um, Which is so great to hear because, you know, it's so tough yeah. on those guys who really want to pursue those careers and have yeah. to go through those years as young guys. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I went to, I went to NASDAQ. I've done a few dance classes because at, at Whopper you do do it, but nothing, mm-hmm. no formal training. And you had to present a... Um, a You're smiling. <laughs> you had to present a, um, I guess, a, a solo. Okay. And I didn't have a dance solo, mm-hmm. so I presented a monologue. Um, that was you... my audition. Wow. And um, there was this monologue, um, I Love Jeff Kennett, Who's Afraid of the mm-hmm. Working Class, Andrew Bovell. Yeah, and so Andrew I did. Kennett, ex-Victorian premier. Yeah, liberal. Um, yes, and so <laughs> I, I did a little um, excerpt from that. Um, I guess they appreciated it because I 
got in, I got accepted. I mean, that's brave to come out with that monologue. Yeah. Of all the things, particularly for, you know, we're not actually auditioning for an acting course. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's a dance program. But that's what, because I had to do that, that monologue for, I think, like a term two kind of showing. Okay. And so it was already kind of in my brain and still in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just presented that and I was like, mm, They must something. have seen something in you, that performance element. Yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've been quite fortunate to constantly surround myself around people that really want to nurture me. Mm-hmm. Kim put me straight into second year dance wow. at NASDA. He was like, you'll get bored if I put you in first year. Yeah. I feel like that's my, been my whole learning experience is to be the underdog with big eyes and ambitions and to try and catch up to those. But you must have had that natural ability to move. I think so. Yeah. I think I d- definitely. Mm. But I also had the discipline and so not going to NIDA and WAPA, I kind of already knew the expectations if I accept this mm. um, to go to, I guess, NASTAR. And I always thought I would stay there for a year and I'd re-audition, but I just fell in love with dance just then. Okay. I was like, this is it. I so love it. So that's where the change came. That's where the change came. And so I just thought, oh, I'm going to be a dancer. I want to be a choreographer now. Wow. Because Kim would always push for me to choreograph. Yeah, Midi okay. shows, end of year shows. So you're already getting into that space then, that choreographic yeah, space. Yeah, just, sto- just storytelling. Yeah. That, that space of storytelling, which being a black man, like it's something that is quite innate. Like it's just not that it comes easy, but it just feels like it just feels right. Yeah, okay. Like it just feels like. You know, it's that's in my, I guess, genetic memory, mm. Mm. and that's been thousands of years old. Yeah, is as being a storyteller. Yeah, you know, our, our practices are kinesthetic. Yeah, and so to be in this space of constantly sharing, sharing with, I don't know, it just, it, it just was, it felt like that's the space where I was meant to be. Yeah, okay. Um, so it just kind of clicked, came together. Yeah, it, yeah, it really did. Wow, it's so like it's incredible to hear because most people, you know. I guess probably think that, you know, if you really haven't got on the dance train by sort of eight, nine, ten early teens, you've missed it. No way. So good. It's not true. If you find anything that you you find your thing that you're really passionate about, I, I don't think age is really shouldn't doesn't come into it. Mm. Well it shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't. Even though it does. Mm. But Okay. So you graduate from NASDAQ. Um, well, I am about to graduate. Um, so in my final year, mm-hmm. um, how I was, long is NASDA? Sorry, it's normally a four-year course. Okay, for me it was three. Okay, because you went into the second I went year, straight into second okay. year. There was an audition um, about to happen with Bangara Dance Theatre. Okay, so I've kind of already established this this relationship with Bangara. You mm-hmm. know, being since my first year going on secondments and okay, um, like dance secondments. Dance secondments. Okay. Um, so Kim would always, you know, even though I was in my first year, th- three. Three months in, he's like, you're going with the diplomas and you're going to go do a two-week secondment with Bangaram. Amazing. So I was forced into that, like, seeing this world and I was like, oh, wow. He was smart. He was dangling these carrots. It's everywhere. Fr- everywhere Kim was. <sighs> so clever. Yeah. Just to keep like, that, like, energy and the hunger. Yeah. So there was an audition. I, I went, Bangara was never really on my radar. Really? No, no. Why not? I... You're smiling. So I've always been a voluptuous guy, <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, what you mean physique-wise? Physique-wise. I've, you know, at one point I was 100 kilos. 
I don't know where I'm at now, but still voluptuous. I love that you use that word. Well, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just built differently. I've been watching Bangari shows and seeing their beautiful costumes that mm. um, Jennifer Irwin creates. Mm. Love you, Jennifer. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just little undies. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a real body confidence thing. Yeah. So I don't. I just. I was like. I'm not a Bangara dancer. Really? They're all ripped. They're all good looking. But I went for the experience. But hang on, let's explore that more because this is a conversation that comes up with females so often, that body confidence in dance. But had you sort of wiped Bangara out because even if you had wanted it so badly, in your mind you sort of just said, "Mm, probably not for me because from a a physique Um, point of view... It's not a match. No, yeah, correct. I okay. don't know. I just didn't see it. And I didn't, well, in, in, in all dance, I don't mm. see people like me out there. Yeah. Okay. I, I hardly do in any any professional company in the country. Mm. I don't see a normal-sized male dancer that looks like me. And is that like playing into your confidence? Are you changing your eating habits at the time? Like how is that I, playing out? I don't think it, it affected me. I was still eating normal. I think I was, I stopped eating dairy. Well, I actually, do you know what? That's a lie. I still eat dairy. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> I just know when to eat it. So I was eating a <laughs> eat it at night when you're at home by yourself. That's great. You can deal with it then. And you have lactose tablets. Thank you, lactose. <laughs> <laughs> so what oh. I'm hearing you're saying is that you think your physique isn't a match for Bangara. It doesn't really affect you except to the extent that you're thinking, I'm probably not going to get in. Yes, correct. Okay, it's just not a fit. And then you move on. Okay. You know? But you go for the audition anyway. I go for the audition, which was fun, uh, a fun week. So Stephen Page. Stephen was there. He came in. Yeah, I do remember him being there. And are you really wanting to get in in your heart of hearts? I don't know. Or not th- probably, letting probably, go probably did, mm-hmm. but not because I'm a realist and can at sometimes be quite emotionless. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're still thinking this is great, this is but fun. I'm not this is getting fun. in. It's like it's... I probably won't get it, but I still tried. I'm not going to not give a hundred percent. Don't want to feel entitled that I was, yeah. that it should be me. But yeah, then I got a call from Stephen. He made me travel an hour and 40 minutes from Gosford, Carryong, at Nasdaq, and I had to go to <laughs> to the wharf where Bangar is. Yeah. And he sat for, like, literally three minutes. I was like, you're not stupid. you got a contract. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Went through the line schedule. We're going to Vietnam in, like, February or something. Wow. Is your just heart and head exploding? I was like, what, the, what just happened? He's <laughs> like, you're not silly. So I literally, yeah, travelled, like... Yeah, almost two hours to then for this three-minute conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So you told you're in. Yeah, it was really exciting. I, yeah, I was just, it was, uh, thank you, Junie, for retiring. Um, (laughs) Love you, Junie. (laughs) So hang on, who had retired? Junie. Ah, Um, and so a space had come up. A space was available because Mm -hmm. at that time, it was quite hard to get into Bang- Bangara. It's yes, a numbers game. It is. It is. Mm. Um, if you only have funding of, for a number of dancers. And a lot of them dancers, you know, mm. were like 
Elma Chris. To Elma Chris. But people that, it's longevity in that yeah. company and it's so different from any other company. Mm. There was this longevity. Mm. So it was very hard. Like as long as you're a hard worker, you, you'd maintain that position in the company. Yeah, okay. Because you're a value. Your stories are important. But also the longevity with a company like Bangara is that's when the stories start to come out and evolve and you build that craft and that confidence. Yeah. And, you know, it takes time to get to know those stories. Yeah. You're right. People don't just come in for a year contract and then we'll see who else is good. Yeah. It's It seems like dancers stay for most of their careers. Yeah. And so... You have this conversation with Stephen Page. You're in the company. Yep. I was just, I remember just mind blown um, that I got it. I remember the train travel back up and I remember just showing everybody my line schedule. It's like, look what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> this is sick. I'm going to get paid to dance. Wow. This is insane. And I'm going to be dancing with all these incredible dancers. I can see that, the happiness on your face. Um. It was, yeah. I and was, that was the era of Deborah Brown, Brown Francis Rings, Wanna Go Blanco. Wanna Go Blanco. Daniel Riley was there. Tyra Gower, Elmo yeah. Chris. Jasmine um, Shepard. Jasmine Shepard. Incredible dancers. Incredible dancers. Amazing. Incredible thinkers. That was off. just immersed into that. Yeah. You won a Helpman Award for Best Male Dancer. I uh, mean... It's still weird. Is it weird? Yeah. To be honest, I didn't celebrate it. I really struggled in that year playing Benelong. Just after opening, um, my sister passed away. Wow. I'm so sorry. And um, That's in the 2017. 2017, just after opening, and there was no real understudy. There was Tyrell Davari, who's also another exceptional, amazing dancer. He was my understudy, but yet... We just didn't have the time to actually, mm. yeah, I f- feel sorry for him. Um, he had like a week and I, I only got to have that one day off and which was for the funeral. I'm so sorry. So I felt like I was a mess. Mm-hmm. At the end of that show, you see me cry. I'm mm. really crying. Like I was really distraught. I hated curtain calls. I hated it. Yeah, it was it was tough. I was really like all my family were like, well, you need to stay there. You're telling this important story. Mm. And it is. It's such an important story. It's, it is such an important story to be able to share kind of his truths Yeah, as a, as a yeah. human and actually to show that he is a human. Yeah. He's not a restaurant. No. He's like... And it's not just facts in a history book that one person or another person wrote. It's no. actually a human story. It's a human story. And they showed his flaws. We didn't shy away. Like, we didn't try and Disney-fy it. Mm. Like, I mean, some of the scenes in that performance are so, I mean, everyone's crying, but I don't know how you then portray that person and also are dealing with the loss of your sister. It was, I I thought it was okay. I could compartmentalise what I was going through and what that man was going through. But it was just that last scene was the struggle. Hearing that freaking um, Steve Francis's beautiful score and you hear those first you know, sounds come in and it's just like, bleh. <laughs> you just, I just cried. <laughs> I'm really crying too. Oh, oh. That sometimes like I would be so distraught that I would a couple of times just forget my movement and because I'm just so distraught. 
And so you mid-tour, there's just no way. At the beginning it was just after opening, so I think we still had to finish, it was probably like a five-week Sydney season, two weeks in Brisbane, oh, two weeks goodness. in <laughs> uh, Melbourne, and then, yeah, had Canberra also. Mm. Yeah. So I see. So what you're saying is like to then be given a helpman for that performance, it doesn't feel like something that was celebratory at all. No, no, not at all. I'm proud that I've gotten it, but... Yeah, it was just, it's just a strange kind of, yeah, very humbled, very, very humbled to be given it, especially by your peers. Yeah. Actually, oh, no, I can't tell this story. Go on. <laughs> okay, I'll tell this story. Okay. Um, so I was at the Helpman's and um, David McAllister, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Ex-artistic director of the Australian like, Ballet. Oh, by the way, I voted for you. And I was like. I'm up against your principal. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry, Kevin I Jackson. Love that, Kevin Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> we might have to ask David McAllister about that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But doesn't that just show, in a way, that how great that the arts is actually a place where people can just vote for what they actually see yeah. as an incredible performance, let alone knowing what you were going through at that time. Yeah. It was wow. very, very humbled. Yeah. You know, never, ever the achievements that I've been given or have never actually been in my mindset. Yeah. Or for my goals. Like you, yeah, you weren't like aiming to win a helpman in your career. No, I okay. would never, ever. Yeah. I don't even, I, to be honest, I don't even think I'm a, that good of a dancer. I think I'm a much better storyteller. I don't think I'm, there are a million better dancers in this country than me. Fran Rings and, and also Deborah Brown talked about the responsibility that comes with being in Bangara, that there is a pressure to represent well, to be a leader. Do you feel that? Yeah, definitely I do. Okay. Um, so the pressure definitely comes from, I guess, the stories that you're telling and 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 telling those truths quite mm-hmm. accurate um, with with the knowledge that you've been that you've been gifted to mm. with by those communities because because it's a gift. Yes, I see. So you're in a position of privilege because you're being gifted the opportunity to tell these stories. Definitely, definitely. Okay. Every time a community gifts you, it's it's, it's a privilege for us to be gifted that. Mm. Those stories, you know, they're not our stories. They, yeah. They're that community's stories mm. or, or the person from that community. I, I know I'm privileged to be able to have those experiences. Not many people do get to have that. Mm. That's interesting. To, yeah, of course. It's so few. There is this black privilege that we do get. Mm. Interesting. And now that you said that, you know, I can reflect on that. And so that's why it's, 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 it's so important that we don't lose touch of, of, of what that is and that We've been gifted, mm. you know, and stay humbled about that and and that experiences. What's most exciting is that I've been able to travel around this country mm. and not a lot of people get the chance to do mm. that. They just want to go overseas. But this country is so rich and so diverse and every place you go to is so different. It's it's just so rich with life and stories and you just got to go up to a local person and have a decent conversation and you can, you'll get mm. that. It's mm. just like it's so... Amazing um, to be able to have that opportunity, especially in Bangara. Yeah. Um, you mm. know, it's just like 
going up to the Kimberleys and getting immersed in that community. Yeah. And uh, we're only, even though we're only up there for a week, it's just like it's just so, it's just special to mm. be able to get that experience. Yeah. Or going up to Arnhem Land or going up to the Torres Straits. We were doing a work that um, I created, Megan. We got to take it back to Dubbo. Mm-hmm. And I took all the dancers out to a house where I used to live, one of the houses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I took them out to um, my Annie Dyer's house out at Brocklehurst and she just shared her cultural practices, shared all her weaving and shared all the things that wow. she's made. And for me that was just incredibly rich and satisfying. And I remember some of the dancers were like, Bob, I've never seen you so happy. And cause I was, it was a proud moment for me because... Mm. That's all I want to do in my in my lifetime is to share stories from home, mm. stories from New South Wales, this ideology that you know that our culture is not um, is not there. There's no culture here. You know, it's it's a myth. There, it is there. Mm. There's this there's this reawakening of of stories and these practices that are happening right now. That is incredible to see, and I think maybe that's what I'm yearning for is to be a part of that. You know, I get to see my cousins go out on, you know, they tell me stories of going out on men's camps and just like, oh, man, I would love that. Looking at my lunch schedule, I don't get to do that. <laughs> There's no time to do that. <laughs> no, joking. Um, but, yeah, so, like, just that memory of bringing everybody out to Dubbo and have, having seen the same expressions that they were showing up north Okay. Which, it was just like, it was just really, I, I felt rich. Wow. I felt incredibly rich to be able to share that. Dean Riley-Smith, thank you so much. It has been just so incredible to hear all your stories. And yeah. we haven't even got to the Sunshine Club and, you know, oh. acting. I know, I feel like that's. back on the radar. Yeah, it's, um, doing the Sunshine Club was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Has it awakened that acting bug again? Definitely, definitely. I think Wesley Enoch, he, um, he's been knocking on my door for ever since. I did a secondment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I my last year at NASDA and I went up to, um, I was using Queensland Theatre Space at the time working on something with Black Dance mm-hmm. and he was the artistic director then at yep. the time. And he watched me in this little dance number and I did, um, uh, what's that, um, it's a man's world, and okay. I had a fish puppet on my hand, <laughs> and it was um, this fish puppet controlling me. And ever since then, he's like, "Oh, you need to get into acting." And I was like, "I just fell in love with dance, Wesley." <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I just got offered a contract with Vangara, <laughs> so he would come to every opening night, like, "Oh, when are you going to give up dancing?" And I was like, "Not this year." I love it. I love it. <laughs> so and is then, that is that on the horizon? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like okay. he at the beginning of this year he was like. Got this gig, got this the Sunshine Club, and I'm like, all right, the line I'll schedule do doesn't it. work. <laughs> no, I was like, I'll do it. Um, yeah, and done that. It was a wow. musical. I had to sing two numbers. I'm not a singer. I feel, I felt like I disrespected that community. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did, but it was it was so fun. Everyone was really supportive, and there's so much love in that space for that last two months and wow. being up there. But, yeah, I feel like definitely I'm going to – I want to do more. I need to get an agent. Oh, that's what I need. I'm just being – Well, I'm you never giving, know who might be listening. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, I need an agent. But, yeah, and I've got some good things lined up out of that for, for next year wow. just by that experience. 
I shouldn't say that. You can edit that out if you'd like. <laughs> uh, when does this come out? October. Yours will. Okay. Are you going to retire from Bangara? Um, I reckon this is my last year. Wow. Yep. Okay. One more year, 10, 11 years. Get my long service leave. <laughs> nah, joking. <laughs> I, I just think it's time. I think I'm yep. searching for something, something different. Yeah, okay. So is retirement on the cars? Uh, you know, like, have you like got I, any opportunities? I mean, I have. I have. Um, Cine Theatre Company have offered me something. Um, and other people. I got asked to do um, a musical and I was like, oh, I'm done from singing. I can't do another musical. <laughs> <laughs> that was too stressful. I think if you haven't trained in singing, singing <laughs> it's is so, really a, I don't know a, a vulnerable space. I don't want to piss off my friends that actually do it for a living. <laughs> <laughs> it's been years doing it. <laughs> oh, uh, but it's, it's, it's an exciting time. You know, I can go home and, yeah. you know, do what I need to do back there, yeah. which would be amazing. Um, we can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah, me neither. I don't know what that is, but I'm just going to say yes. Um, you know, and you keep growing my toolbox. Yeah. Learning never stops. Yeah. Um, and what I do yearn and I love going into a space without any knowledge mm-hmm. and learning, like, you know, on site. Like, I've, that's been my whole career. Yeah. I spent my whole career doing that. Yeah. You know, from, from Wapal to Nasdaq to Bangara being uh, not naive but just, blank yeah, canvas. blank canvas. Yeah, and okay. so, you know, I like whatever you want, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Like, I'll give it a go and... You know, like doing a musical. I never thought I'd be in a musical singing in front of 800 people every night, doing two solo numbers. It was like, ugh. <laughs> it was fun. But, yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm excited uh, for you. So I'm Sydney ex- Theatre Company, maybe the end of an era at Bangara at Yeah, least. actually, I, don't, I need to find out whether they announced that. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you the date. <laughs> Bo, thank you so much. It has just been it's just been incredible to hear your stories yeah. and such an inspiration to so many. So thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. My Pleasure. first podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bo will continue to perform with Bangara for the next few months. But after nearly a decade, is retiring from the company to pursue acting and choreography, including a season with Sydney Theatre Company. For Bangara tour dates and to see Bo's final performances, head to bangara.com.au and for Sydney Theatre Company tickets, it's sydneytheatre.com.au And to continue to follow all of Bo's adventures, you'll find him on Insta at Smith. Bo and I met and recorded in Sydney on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, to whom we pay our greatest respects. Talking Points is produced by Fjord Review. Remember to subscribe to get the episodes as soon as they're released and if you like us, please leave a five-star review. On the next episode of Talking Points, I speak with Jenna Roberts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was honestly, it was, I can't say that I enjoyed the Royal Ballet School at all. Your host and producer is me, Claudia Lawson, with additional production by Penelope Ford and Clint Topic. Sound production and editing by Martin Peralta at Output Media. And for the latest in all things dance, head to fjordreview.com.